0: Recorded live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's training of of LaRed, LaRed.org. I'm your host, David Newby. Uh, This week, we're covering the management principle of sewing. So uh, if this is your first talk show call you're listening to for our trainings, for our roundtables, uh, go to LaRed.org, that's L-A-R-E-D.org, and click on the principles tab. you pick your language, English, or whatever language you might prefer reading in, and then click on the two-page summary for the topic that we're covering. This week, we're covering sewing. Um, So once you have that document open, you can listen to the audio here and uh, read along with us as we're discussing the topic. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, open us in a quick prayer, and we'll jump right in. Father, uh, I thank you for today. I thank you for this time we have to uh, read your word, to study how to apply your word uh, in benefiting our lives. I thank you that your word is profitable for every good thing and everything that we need in our life, uh, for instruction, for guidance, uh, for empowerment, to do great things, to create wealth, and to empower others. So uh, we just commit this time to you. We ask you to guard our hearts, uh, guide our minds, Holy Spirit, prompt us with ways to apply your word in ways that we haven't thought of before. And we ask that you would make this call very fruitful uh, for your glory um, and for your kingdom. Let we pray all these things in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Yeah. All right. So the verse for this week is uh, Proverbs eleven twenty four to 25. And uh, that states, it is possible to give away and become richer. It is possible to hold on too tightly and lose everything. Yes, the liberal man shall be rich. By watering others, he waters himself. And again, that's Proverbs 11, verses 24 to 25. So for all you conservative Christians out there, the liberal man will be rich. I'm just joking. I'm just having fun. It's a a political season in the United States, Joe, so I'm goofing off a little bit. Um, Joe, if you would, uh, if this is your first time going along, you basically want to do it says on the PDF. underline any key things that jump out to you while we're reading all these things and then meditate on it and think about ways that we can um, discuss, you know, applying that uh, in our work, in our business ventures, uh, with our coworkers, even in our, in our, with our spouses and with our children. So, Joe, if you would, uh, go ahead and read those first two paragraphs there on um, the first page. Sure. In every society and culture, you will find winners and losers. In most cases, the difference within the values or principles they choose to follow. These principles of sewing have a lot to do with the future for us, of individuals, as well as the progress of our society as a whole. Mm-hmm. The problem states, it is possible to give away and become richer. Giving of ourselves our ideas and our resources will lead us to experience greater and better things for ourselves and our society. While we build others, we are also building ourselves. The build in the rules, Doing unto others as you would have them do to you is a valuable practice in any society. When this principle is practiced, it develops an unselfish culture that is bound to succeed. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Joe. You're welcome. Yeah. Then. Uh... According to values and principles, and that determines whether you end up winning or losing. Um, I love that they state the proverb: "It's possible to give away and become richer." Um, because there's a uh, personal development coach uh, here in America that's so popular, and um, his name is Zig Ziglar. And he basically, I believe it was him who said it. Probably he heard it from someone else. They said, um, you know, if you want to. To have anything that you want help enough other people get what they want and then you know that will in essence in turn help you get what you want um peter Diamandis, he's a younger guy he says it a different way he says the fastest way to become a billionaire is to help a billion people so um the idea is think of the other person first you know help others first and um I think it's very easy for us to, if we did not grow up with very wealthy parents and model their behavior, to think, I'll help somebody else once I get more money, or I'll help somebody else once I achieve this level of success or I get a raise. Just like a lot of people in church say, I'll start giving at church and tithing once I earn more money. And so then that's backwards. You should give first in order to receive back. It's the principle of sowing and reaping, like farming. Um... You have to give the seed away to the ground and give water to it and take care of it before it gives back to you. You can't tell the ground, give me some fruit, and then I'll water you, right? It doesn't work that way. right. Okay. But sadly, a lot of poor people and middle-class people, they think I'll do it once I get, and that's that's the backward thinking. But what's your experience, you know, working in the Philippines and seeing the mindset of people in the, in the, in the Philippines related to that, uh, the principles that they operate by Oh, well, yeah, um, it's very common for religious people, but, but not for all, you know, um, uh, life in the Philippines is, uh, also hard, you know, um, the, the nature of work is, um, really, really hard, but, um, there, there, there's only, like, a uh, few people like me who just who start in the front of a computer and, and earn, um, Well, we have a lot of call center, but there's still, you know, like 3 ports, or more than that, of the population who is working really hard. So Yeah, 3 ports are doing manual manual physical work, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Manual physical um, or heavy work. So I think that's one of the main reasons why um, most of the people, you know, find find it a hard time to give to someone who is not their relatives or family. But, you know, um, people in the Philippines are, you know, uh, loving and caring people, so normally they will use to their neighbors and family or relatives, but not to the people that they don't know. So sort of. I think it's one of um, uh, 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 one of the applications of this, you know, not, not, not to choose to the person that you want to do for blessings to. Right, right. Yeah, it's uh, natural and normal to want to only water uh, people that you know, like in your neighborhood, your family, or your barcada, um, your group of friends. Yeah, I was reading, uh, you yes, know, following that becoming Filipino uh, page on Facebook, and um, the Canadian guy in the last two months, I think he's gone to three different fiestas. So um, I think he went to he went to a fiesta in Cagayan de Oro, and then he went to a fiesta in the recently. And he said he was very fascinated that during fiesta time, you can go, like, to a stranger's house and they'll give you food. Like, uh, it's a time of year where people are more willing to give to a stranger than normal. It's true, yeah. Even in our place here in New normally um, the, the owner of the, of the house, um, or, you know, do they see that a lot of people are coming in, even if, uh, you know, they don't know the person coming into the house and eat peace to them, so I think it's their belief uh, of uh, being blessed on uh, Fiesta time. I know during Christmas time people uh, go around caroling to get some money, like if you're saying, like you want people to give you money. Do uh do poor people sort of go around visiting houses during Fiesta time, like knowing they can get a, a good meal, a decent meal? Um not really, because uh, normally they they go to their relatives. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, uh, normally the, the mayor, like, uh, put some some food um, in town or in the plaza uh, or in his house and invite everyone to come, even if uh, you don't know the person. Oh, like so that. the poor people can come to the mayor's fiesta uh, meal. Yeah, that's right. And uh, even uh, one school year, uh, the university facilities, the they're also doing that for, for the poor. Yeah. uh, during December. So, everyone can come, from and, you know, give them the update, and so, yeah, I think that, um, I think that, uh, you know, that second paragraph says, you know, about the golden rule, um, you know, do as an undergraduate to you. I think, um, if you really choose to give, um, At a higher level, like really stretching yourself, then you're really demonstrating a strong faith in God. What I'm saying is, like, for example, this. Say uh, say you normally give, I've been thinking about this, actually, in in my business. I've been praying about it. Most uh, American Christians, they'll just tithe 10% of their income. So they make $1,000 in a month, they'll give $1,000 to the church. Or, you know, if they're a local church, maybe some, uh, some Christian charity, they might give offerings on top of that. I've been thinking about, you know, tithing 10% of my time. So if I give four hours a week just to serve someone, maybe I give them free coaching, where normally, you know, someone pays me $1,000 an hour for coaching, just give them a free coaching, uh, just as a way to tithe unto God. So I've been thinking about that, you know, uh, serving someone for free, where normally, you know, I have to charge them for a business service. So I've been sort of thinking about that. But if you... um. You know, ten percent of your clients you serve them for free and didn't charge them. That would really eat into your bottom line. That's a ten percent reduction in your income. So you're really like testing God, like hey, where well, I'm gonna trust you. You're gonna bring me more high-paying clients, um, even though I'm getting this service for free. So you like for me, say I did, say I hosted four of these roundtables a week for different business groups i would be like giving four hours of my time to other business people for free. Um, you know, this is in a way sort of a form of like consulting. You're really more discussing together uh, how to apply the principles. Um, so I think that's a good thing for us to think about, really stretch ourselves and, and find, think about ways we can give more so that we can receive more. Um, that's true. Really being unselfish to the point that it stretches us like, wow, I'm getting up income. I really have to trust God to provide doing this. Um, so here, let me read the next uh, couple of paragraphs and we'll discuss it. Um, this principle seems contrary to our generation where we are more concerned about our own rights and entitlements. We want to be the recipients of everything rather than giving of ourselves to others. Reaping always follow- follows sowing. If we are angry with people, they will be angry at us. If we greet others with a smile and say good morning, we will get the same in return. Once we see the value of sewing, we will enjoy it so much that giving and sewing won't even be considered something that costs us, but will be seen as an investment in our future and our life will become rewarding. When we use what we have or give it to others, there is room for more for ourselves. A jar that is full has no need for refilling. Learning to give or sow develops an attitude of generosity which will cause those we help to help us in return. But Joe, what jumps out at you from those uh those two paragraphs? What jumps out at you the most or first? Oh, well, it will basically if uh we get used in in giving, you know, um yeah, uh, as, as a fact, because it's time or a habit and you know, uh, it won't be hard for us to give. So um, yeah, for me that's basically the first thing that comes into my my mind uh you read the, the the first paragraph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you won't see it as a cost once you start doing it and getting a habit, like you'll enjoy yeah. it so much. Yeah, that's right. And you know, once you, uh, you give something to someone, you know, as long as you see them happy with that you, you you gave them, um, it will make you happy as well. And uh, that, that's a fact. And of course, if, you know, it reward for yourself, if giving has been really self then you will do the same or you will do a lot of giving to others to make them happy. Right. Yeah, that second paragraph there right before the benefits, um it says a jar that is full, has no need for refilling. I um I actually experienced that, you know, earlier this year. I was feeling the Lord's conviction to uh to uh close down, you know, our fundraising part of our business, stop offering that and really promoting that actively and that's been a big part of our bread and butter income for quite a while, for a couple of years, two years actually. But then I really felt like the Lord was telling me, you know, you need to let go of this um, part of your business. You need to open your hand and let go of that so that you have room for me to put more blessings, you know, into the Solomon Wisdom Society uh, Billionaire Club venture. So I really thought of it with that visual um you know, if you're holding on to something, you can't grab if you're holding on to something, you, you can't grab onto something or catch something that the Lord may be throwing your way or wanting to hand to you. So that visual will really help me um to let go and trust Him to replace it, you know, or replace it with something better.
1: And, that's uh,
0: right. Yeah, that's counterintuitive. So they say like a monkey, you can catch a monkey in some places in Africa. They catch monkeys. I think they do this in the Philippines. But um, they just put a banana inside of a container, and then, then there's a little hole in the side of the container, and they can it's a clear container. The hole is big enough for their arm to fit through, and their hand when it's open, but it's not big enough for their hand to fit through once it's holding the banana. So then they'll come and catch the monkey, and they can stand right next to the monkey, and the monkey will not let go of the banana and run away. It'll just stand there because it's not willing to let go of the banana. And um, I think, sadly, if we have a middle class or or poor mindset, um, we might sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves, be like the monkey. We might might sometimes be unwilling to let go of something, um, uh, even when it's hurting us or is preventing us from, uh, you know, uh, living more abundantly as God would have us to. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Mm. Yeah, I think that last part of the first paragraph is uh is really something we should shoot to do. Um you know don't see selling into others as a cost, but see it as an investment in our future. Yeah, it's like you can't you can't earn a you can't earn a return on an investment unless you make the investment. So um to be excited to invest in others and you know, trust that God's going to bless it and it will uh, come back to us and um, a good reward. Yeah, I know a guy who's a really um, renowned coach uh, worldwide. His name is Rich Litvin. Mm-hmm. I think he's been coaching about six years now. Like six years ago he got fired or seven years ago as a teacher and uh, he like it was his dream job he got fired from. So he went away for like, this was in the UK. He went away for like six months to Thailand or something and just lived on the beach. And he bought, I don't know if he bought it in the UK or he bought him in Thailand, these uh, coaching cards. And just started doing these games with people and their kids on the beach, coaching them with these cards. And then um, he decided to do coaching full time. So the first year he only made like $6,000 as a coach. But I think that six months he spent just honing a new skill set uh, on the beach. And he was just doing it for free for fun was essential. You know, he didn't charge any of those people money. Um, I think that's what, you know, he, he put in the time and gave it away and did it for free. And, um, you know, they started charging money for it. A lot of his coaching practice grew as he got more and more confident and was willing to ask and felt confident to ask for more and more money uh, per hour. I'm sure, like, at first he felt nervous asking for $100 an hour. You know, then he got comfortable with that. Then he started asking for 500 an hour, and that was a stretch. And, you know, now he makes, like, ten thousand dollars a month from several clients um but i think sometimes we have to make that that investment of time to get good at something new before we're going to get an roi for it and i think anytime you start a business or invest in a business that's one of the most biggest ways you can demonstrate faith in the world is you're sowing into something without any promise of a payout um but you're really trusting god that he will give the increase that's correct yep i agree Yes, yeah, so we just need wisdom in uh asking God to show us where we should invest. Because there's all kinds of opportunities you can invest in and we need wisdom to know where would God have us invest our time and uh and invest our money both. So here let's um let's go ahead and go over the benefits. I will uh I'll read the three benefits and we can discuss it. Um so the first benefit you'll get from uh so, and I'll actually read the, the paragraph behind it too then you can read the uh, the five steps to follow. Um, the benefit, number one, of sowing in faith is you will see the potential in others because you will be looking for the good in them to sow into. You will see what that person can be and will sow encouraging words, ideas, or even bless them with a gift inspire them to reach out and be all they can be. So that's funny, that's an army phrase, be all you can be. Um, number two, You will be inspired to do good yourself because while you are focusing on the future possibilities of others, you will discover possibilities for yourself as well. Number three, you will get a good return on whatever you sow. If you are an inspiration to others, you will receive inspiration in return. It is sowing and reaping. Whatever you give out will come back to you. To reap from sowing, we must follow up on our sowing. We can't just give money or ideas and walk away. We must follow up and keep watering or encouraging. Watering means managing and nurturing the people, the products, the ideas, or money that we have sown. It's important to follow up on the investments that have been made. The idea or thought we sow as a one-time encouraging word will get a one-time encouraging reward. Seeds in the ground need more than a one-time rain. Thoughts and ideas are powerful when they are heard over and over again, and they will increase in their value. Wow. I really needed to uh, to read that. You know, I talked yeah. about number three, you'll get a good return. And um, then it says, you know, don't just do it one time, do it multiple times. Um, I struggled with that with my direct mail campaign. You know, a lot of times I would do just one or two mailings. But, um, I just read it online and I'm saying it out loud for my own benefit right now, Joe. The average person needs to see something or hear something on average six or seven times to really have the maximum benefit from the idea. So for me, that means like if I'm doing a three-part mailing, I should do a first mailing and then follow up with a phone call, a second mailing and follow up with an email, a third mailing and then do a third phone call or email. or maybe I do an email and then a final phone call uh, you know, so I'm taking a three step mail sequence and really turning it into seven uh contacts with a person so that it really reinforces the idea and um and they get it fully. Yeah. Okay. I, I had an advisory call for the billionaire club last week and um my friend was telling me that. He's like every single time you send out a mail, uh do a phone call follow following up with it. So um this is really reinforcing it to me that I need to do that. You know, saying that a seed needs more than one rain to grow. Um, I got to think of each letter as a, as a each letter as a c uh, as one each letter as one rain. So I need to keep keep sending more and more rain to my people that I'm contacting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, but the thing that an idea will increase in value when they're heard over and over and over again. Um, it's very powerful for us to remember. I know sometimes I'll say something to my kids once or twice, and I'm like, why didn't you get it? Or I told you that already. I need to remember. They might need to hear it seven times. <laughs> yeah, well, we have the same experience, actually, on that. How old is your uh, child now? Uh, they're uh, 2, 4, six. So, yeah, the other one uh, you know uh seems to be capable of uh, doing things like you know buying some stuff from the store, which is just like uh five things to ten meters from the house, you know um, sometimes you tell people that or to forget what to buy, something like that, uh-huh, so yeah you, you have to. Um, ask him before he goes. Ask him to repeat, like, what items you want him to buy? Yeah, that's right. Yep, just like the the basic things Uh that you do for kids. You've inspired me. In America, you know, we have really, really big grocery stores. So most people, if their kids are only six, they won't send them to get stuff on their own. But my my youngest is 11 now. I think I need to start taking him grocery shopping and. Give him a list of half of the things to buy, and let him go find where the items are, and um, meet me at the end and tell me how much do the items cost. you so can keep track of the total cost. Yeah, that's right. In, even they six years old you know, uh, we're going to, just, uh, to we'll do this grocery store like every Saturday, and you know, they know where to find the items. Mm-hmm. I love sort of the the store rearranges the items. But most of the time, you know, if it's still there, they, they know where to go first. Then and next and next is where to pick up the items. Mm-hmm. If they're next, just could with the price, though? know. But, uh, yeah, I think if they will go over, they will be. And yeah, it's good that you're uh, empowering them with responsibility to be sh- uh, shopping already. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it's, it's like fun, but, uh, you know, I am um, seeing that he's learning from, from it as well. Uh huh. Yeah, it's like, you know, a sense of uh, being organized for so Oh, that's cool. So maybe uh, we need to tell our kids seven times uh, go to bed, go to bed, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Say it seven yeah. times in a row. Now, what did I tell you? Okay, go to bed. Okay, when should you do it? Now. Okay, go to it. Yeah. Sometimes, my like, 15 year old, will even do that. We'll tell them to get ready for bed. Then, like five minutes later, my wife's like, Why are you still in your room? I told you to we'll go get ready for bed. So, they didn't hear you. So, oh, man. Yeah. We need to repeat our messages. Yes. Yeah. I think, too, we need to be patient with potential clients uh, to realize they may need to hear the idea multiple times before it finally uh, clicks in their brain. So, that's where, like, you know, if you are emailing people and they're on your list, it's good to remind them of things uh, multiple times so that it will finally uh, click. That, that's correct. Yep. Yeah, sort of like you can send the same email to someone five times and just use a different headline every time. Maybe the idea is hopefully they'll click on two or three of those and the message will be repeated. Um, exactly. Well, Joe, let's go into the uh, steps to follow. Why don't you go ahead and read those, um, please read those five steps to follow on the second page? Sure. Uh, steps to follow. The first one, always show something of value. If you do not show, well, you will not enjoy a return. The principle of sewing is the key in making you a winner. This, this principle is effective. The rewards might not always be immediate, but you will always win in the long run. Second one, earn your bread. If you do not sow ideas or invest in others, you will not have a right to expect favors in return. Mm -hmm. Life is a gift, but what comes out of our lives is based on what we choose to sow. You become known for what you give, not what you gain. Mm -hmm. The three, sow abundantly. If we are generous, then we will reap the benefits generously. Mm -hmm. Sowing little will reap little. Number one, don't be lazy. Laziness will keep us from sowing and watering others, and then we will not reap the benefits of the future. Mm-hmm. Number five, don't be stingy. Stinginess will make you hold onto your money, ideas, and talents that are meant to be invested in others. Don't be a precious chest where you hide all your great gifts and talents. Offer them to others to see and use. You will your a in return. Mm. Uh, very good. Um Yeah, I um like that what uh it says they're sowing abundantly. Sowing little will reap little. You know, sadly the whole wanting something for nothing or doing something once and expecting a very word, that I mindset is sort of becoming common in America. Um yeah, I think that uh like I need to, we need to reinforce that to uh, each other. It's like, hey, we need to keep keep going, you don't know? just do something once and like for example, you know, I I admit I've had that mindset before. Um you know I I'll, i I mail, I did a direct mail campaign and I mailed one big mailing and I only mailed once. And I made this mistake um, and Dan Kennedy actually is a marketing guru that I follow. I didn't listen to his instructions. He said if you have a list of, um, say, 5,000 people, he's like, don't mail all 5,000 people at once. He's like, mail a 1,000 of them and mail those 1,000 people three times. That's way better than mailing 3,000 people on the list all at once and only sending them one message. And, um, you know, I didn't follow his advice. I got a list of, like, 5,000 people. And mailed them all this letter, and um, I invested seventeen thousand dollars in that. I actually paid a copywriter ten thousand dollars to write the letter for me. So then it cost me like about fifteen hundred, two grand for the list. And then I think I invested about um, uh, five thousand in the mailing to mail these five thousand people, about a dollar per person. And um, you know, I, I literally got like five people to sign up for this seminar out of five thousand. So I should have just mailed a thousand of them and mailed them three times, like Dan Kennedy suggested. So not following that advice was very, very costly for me. It um, was a seventeen thousand dollar tuition. Yeah. So that number three, sowing little or reap little. Sure, I put a lot of money into it. But I only sent one letter. I should have been wiser and sent three letters to a much smaller number of people. Um, you know, then I would have had the money to. Uh, you know, that same 5,000 I spent on the mailings would have been much better spent um, mailing a 1,000 people, you know, three or four letters each. Yep, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, we shouldn't deceive ourselves that, oh, I sent out 5,000 letters. That's still showing little, but I only sent them one message. So, I just want to reinforce that that number three there can really tie into um, the benefits about repeating the idea, you know, how, how key it is to tie those two together yeah yeah that's correct. And I think it's also bridge number one like if you only mail three thousand and you mail them like three times, here you're putting something of, of value to them mm-hmm. rather than just like you know uh, mailing all five thousand uh, people at once, something like that. Yes, I can lower the value to the person I'm sending the message to, I don't reinforce that, yeah, mhm. Yeah, the number one, always show something of value. Um, Maximize the value that you're giving to the person. Exactly. Yeah, the the stingy thing as well, I think that that's... um, I've noticed I'm more tempted to be stingy if my money gets uh, tighter. Um, So it says, yeah, don't be a treasure chest for you. Hide all your gifts and talents. I think... um, I think we're most challenged, if our money gets tight, to really um, still sow, even out of our, quote, unquote, lack, our material lack at that time. It's a lot easier to sow out of abundance. Um, We need to remember, you know, whether we have a lot or we have a little, determining whether we have a lot or a little starts in our mindset. Um, You might only have, you know, $1,000, which in America that's considered a very small amount of money or in the Philippines, you might only have 5,000 pesos. I've got a lot of people would think 5,000 pesos, that's not very much money to start a business with, right? Um, yeah, that's right. But it really starts with your mindset. If you tell yourself, um, you need to really be honest about what a business costs. But say a business only costs um, $2,000 to start, which in America is super cheap. So, um, you know, if you have $2,000, you have enough money to start that business, sure, you don't have any extra, and you do have enough. So you tell yourself, I have all that I need, I'm gonna be really wise with this money and make this money pay for itself and earn a return. Give that mindset, then you can be profitable even when you only have a little bit. Um, so the mindset of I have enough and how can I make the amount of money I have enough to start this venture or um, or this meal campaign or whatever it is, this business, I think that mindset. Uh, goes a long, long way towards um, the results that you're going to get. You know, so yeah. investing what invest what you have in in your business doesn't mean to invest every single penny of it. Um, but, you know, invest liberally in yourself and in a venture. You know, especially if you're getting input from advisors and you've studied the industry, and um, and you can really shorten the learning curve or reduce the tuition in the school of hard knocks. Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah, and those things about don't be lazy and earn your bread. Two and four, I think those two go together. Um, you need to work diligently and you know not just work four hours a week, like Tim Ferriss talks about. Well, um, he talks about the four-hour work week that you have two or three people working for you as well, so your whole business can run without you having to do all the work yourself. So. Um, He's not proposing laziness. He's proposing outsourcing a lot of your work to others um, so that you don't have to work 40 hours or 50 hours a week. Um, Let's read the end part here. Um, The generous person will gain riches because he gives up his resources, time, and talents. For that reason, the proverb states, the more we give, the richer we become. So generously, it is worth it. Try sowing a smile to everyone you come across and see what you get in return. If you don't like what you are reaping, start planting different seeds and see what happens. You reap what you sow. Sow with expectation. Ah, yes. If you don't like what you are reaping, start planting different seeds. I think some people, they complain a lot and then they wonder why... They're not ever never happy in life. It's like, well, you, you're complaining. You're not thanking God for blessings. You're complaining. So why would God bless you with more if you're already complaining about what you already have? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's right. So this gives you more to complain about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we all know people who struggle with that. Did anything jump out of you, Joe, from those last... Uh, Couple paragraphs there? Um yes, yeah. We, we actually saw uh the the same thing, like you know, if you don't like what you're reading, start planting different seeds, something like that. So um yeah, like um try something different to to make to make things different, something like that and uh yeah my 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 principle has been you know uh always look in the positive right something like that, so if the situation is not really desirable, then you know expect that there's um something positive that will come out out of it, or there's you know a great lesson that you can learn from it, something like that, so basically you're right, um. Our, or the best thing to do is not to complain, but, you know, to, to, to thank God for uh, whatever things um, he, he made us uh, experience, uh, everything that, that he did is you know, truly you know, a great lesson for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, certainly. I'll give one last input on, you know, it says a generous person will gain riches because he gives us resources, time, and talent. Um. I know a lot of people in America say, oh, well, they're rich already. It's easy for them to give. But I think most poor people who say that or middle class people who say that don't realize that that person was probably giving generously and, um, you know, sowing by giving to others and serving others when they didn't have a lot. But the fact that they sowed a lot, you know, they reaped a lot. So um, I think that we should not deceive ourselves into minimizing, uh someone else's success or belittling it in our own mind by stating it's easy for them because they have a lot i think that anybody who has a lot um most people in america who are wealthy are first generation wealthy they didn't inherit it like something like 87 percent, almost almost nine out of ten people so um we should not tell ourselves that because that's that's lying to ourselves you know we should realize that person did what this is talking about they started practicing um uh, reaping, uh, you know, they practiced sowing into others, even when it was hard for them, or they had to really stretch themselves, or they had to make a big investment, like where if it didn't work, it was going to hurt them financially, and um, that's how they became successful. Yeah, uh, that's correct. Well, uh, actually, uh, something that I can add to that, uh, you, you know, being generous uh, it doesn't only mean like, you know, giving uh, like food or money. Um, as what they stated, giving you resources, your resources, your time and talent. Um, yeah, one of my most common experience, like, you know, every week, it's like when, when people around the neighborhood are, are having problems with their devices, tablets, and cell phones, you know, they tend to, to visit my house, you know, is to uh, let me help them because... You're the neighbor uh, tech support. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's say they they call me the they're more more sexy guy, you know, in the in the neighborhood. So they they come to visit and you know um, uh, ask for help and yeah, and uh, you know or oh, they they visit uh, someone who, whom I don't know, you know, uh, came to visit uh, the the house and uh, yeah, uh, ask my help to to like uh, do something in the tablet to format. And install something, something like that. Uh-huh. So I guess it's like you know, which uh, is not only in the material things, but uh, being rich with relationship to others and you know, being more friends. Yeah, that's awesome. You're uh, sewing into your neighborhood by serving them. Great job, Joe. Yeah. And, you know, it's been a blessing. And uh, How did you learn that? I took two years of school for uh, computer hardware and networking. Uh, did you just learn it self-taught? Or? Uh, well, actually, when most of the devices here, is, you know, the, the operating system is Android. So when I had an Android phone, I tend to watch YouTube for, you know, a tutorial or something like that, how to do this and that stuff. Do you ever do you take think, the phones do you, apart or you mostly do software fixes? Uh software fixes. That's okay. Right, you know. Yeah, hybrid, something like that, or a routine. Okay. I, think, yeah, I learned from the net. I remember when people were having their Nokia's taken apart in the Philippines and uh you know they put those uh different lights, blinking lights inside the phone. Sort of like a Pip Out My Ride and you you know, people were pimping out their phones. Um or uh, making their phone very fancy, so, uh, yeah. yeah, I was amazed about that, it's like, wow, like, right in the middle of the mall, just where people are walking, they'll just take your phone apart and put stuff in the case for you if you want, um, you know, I never had the confidence to do that, because phones are so small, I was afraid about, you know, breaking something or hurting, you know, hurting some of the electronics inside, so. Yeah, I've yeah. seen videos of guys taking apart iPhones and replacing the glass. It's like I don't have the confidence to do that just because it's so small. Um, I like desktop computers. I know how to fix those just because there's a lot more space for you to move stuff around inside. And I have I have big hands, and I'm not the most uh, gentle with my hands. So I work on a desktop but not a cell phone in terms of, you know, hardware, taking it apart. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I work I like that, so yeah, software part. Well, that's cool that you're helping people with that, Joe. That's awesome. Yeah, let's, yeah. Go over, let's go over the reflect and respond. If you would, Joe, would you go and read those uh, three things where it says reflect and respond? Sure, uh, reflect and respond. Number one, what do you have in your hands right now that you can show to someone else? Mm-hmm. Number two? Who or what in your life do you think you are supposed to sew it into? And third, can you identify something you are experiencing in your life right now that is the result of something you have sown? Hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, that number three, we can all identify something that, you know, that's a result of something you have sown. Usually our life is the sum total of our actions. There are some things that other people do to us that are beyond our control. Um most things in our life, you know, are the result of something that we've sown, you know, we've reaped it. Um I think just acknowledging that that the majority of our life is the result of what we've done is really empowering. Because some people struggle with the victim mindset, like, oh, so and so did this to me, that's why I have this problem. And um that gives the other person the power. As soon as you say, yeah, they did that or they are doing this, so I'm going to choose to react this way. We can always, we're all in control of our reaction or what we do. So I think that the first step is we need to really just um, take ownership for our experiences and start to shift how we respond to situations. You know, don't wait for someone else to do something different. We should start doing something different. That's correct. I agree. Yeah, that's a great question you know what do you have in your hands you can sew into someone else if you don't have money but you have experience like you did you're showing you're selling support you know and uh know-how knowledge and in, into your neighbors by helping them with their phones so you're giving them free labor so i think we can all do that we can all volunteer some time no matter what level of financial success we're at well, that's correct cool. yeah um Wow, those are really good questions to meditate on. What do we have that we can sow into someone else? You know, like you said, think of time and talent, not just treasure. Exactly. In America, sometimes, like, the biggest uh, thing, sacrifice, and it's actually for everyone, is to give up your time because a lot of people in America are wealthy, and they're just like, oh, we'll give $100 to this charity. So if you go and actually volunteer two or three hours and do something for them, you know that's actually sometimes a more serious investment and um, you'll get more out of it because you actually you know, contributed of your time. You, know, you can replace $100, but you can't replace the time. Yeah, so I agree with that. I think it's good that we, no matter how wealthy we get, we still invest uh, time into serving other people and um, giving to them. Yes. Uh, n- n- normally, that's, that's the mindset of uh, you keep in, you know. So the more time you, you get to them, uh, the more you care to them, something like that. And that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there is a caveat to it. I saw an interview with Bill Gates where he said, you know, once he got to a certain level of wealth with, with Microsoft, he decided, you know, the best use of his time was to administer Microsoft and keep growing it. Um, And then you know, out of the company profits just donate part of that money to um, causes. But then, you know, when he finally stepped down from Microsoft, that was when he finally started putting more of his time into, um, you know, administering things like with the Gates Foundation. So um, at different phases in our life, you know, we might, it might be better for us to invest more time in our business. In other phases, we, we, might, be, we might have more time, quote-unquote, to full-time do uh, charity work. So like a lot of Americans, once they retire from their work, they, you know, they volunteer more time with charities. So um, we should be gracious with ourselves about, you know, where should we, where's the best use of investing our time. I just think that um, we should very intentionally, you know, give to someone. Um, we should actively be looking to get and sowing into with others, you know, more, uh, more powerfully. That's the really that some... Some of this. So let's look at those last three questions. That's where you get the most power from this training, uh, Joe. Um, so those ratings at the bottom. If rate yourself on a scale of one to ten. Like how well are you doing at sewing? Uh, what benefits will you obtain by raising your rating? And then what specific action can you put into practice to test the benefits of this? So I'm doing a mail campaign starting uh, this Friday, Joe. So I'm going to be, I'm going to commit to doing the uh, seven touches. You know, letter, email, letter, phone call, letter, um, and then email and phone call. That's uh, uh I'm gonna commit to to all seven to reinforce the idea with my people. Okay. Yes, yeah, so uh this will be exciting. This will probably be about I think it's around four hundred people I'm mailing, so it'll probably be about uh um Two thousand to twenty five hundred dollar investment in the mailing more of the costs will be in um, It might be as high as three grand uh, I think about eight hundred of the cost will be I need to arrange some kind of a voice broadcast to call all those people, but I don't have enough time to call four hundred people after each um, mailing but I do have a way to find out who went to the website uh, from the mailing. And then I can um, I can follow up with those people individually. That's good. That's actually something we need to check with ClickFunnels. Um, can we use any personal URL uh, tracking with ClickFunnels, with the ClickFunnels page? Um, so, yeah, that's something we need to check tomorrow morning, actually. I wanted to tell you now before I forget so we can check it, Bukas. Okay. Sorry, right, I'm speaking in Filipino here, people. Bukas is tomorrow. Uh, Joe and I work together. All right, well Joe, would you uh, would you close us in a prayer uh for um for this session? Sure. Um Greg, thank you so much for, for this time. Uh thank you for uh giving David, you know, um the invitation to do this one with me, uh to, to do something different to the ship. Uh it's been very, very fruitful and uh, thank you for the time that us. Thank you for the commitment mm-hmm. that uh, each of us um, have have allowed. shopping by himself. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's nice that the store is only, uh, you know, 10, 10, 15 feet away. That's nice. Yeah, no, that's right. Those are just like, you know, small, a uh, neighborhood. Sorry, sorry store. That's good. Yeah. Exactly. So an American listeners, sorry, sorry store is like, basically like a 7-Eleven convenience store on the corner. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, things really different out there in America. So. Yeah, so usually the stores it. are further away than that. Um you know they're they're a bike ride right away, not not ten feet away. <laughs> wow. Kind of far. Here you can just, you know, walk and yeah, you can even bring your, your coffee. Most Americans right. experience is like there's a gas station within, you know, a quarter mile of their house. So like within a mile of my house there's two gas stations. One's like a quarter mile away and one's about a mile away. So you know, a mile is like uh, two kilometers, within two kilometers. Yeah, that's
1: correct. So it's
0: it's, it's uh, walking distance. Yeah, we also have those in the gas station. But still, they're uh, very, very common. They mm-hmm. are it uh, everywhere. So for those of you who are listening to the recording, um, you know, you can reference this call on the talk show link. And uh, there's also other calls on the page here. So just look at the topics and listen to the topics that um, you think would benefit you the most uh, with what you're dealing with in your work or your business right now. Um, thank you, everyone, and uh, God bless. Hope to see you uh, live on one of the future calls we're having.